A stu stu Studio D production. Because the right. whole premise of this was it was a, it's when a surprise. Okay, it's so now surprise. let's make the little. No, that's not it. Hold on. How do you make a rewind? <laughs> let's make the slurping the last of your milkshake. <laughs> Remind us to, to to cut this out. <laughs> similar i have you guys seen that tiktok of the guy who goes into stores uh and does a backflip behind people and goes oh <laughs> no no I oh my god sure <laughs> it's so funny tiktok has <laughs> not figured out how to show me things that are good like i just constantly like i hate tiktok because every time i open it it's just showing me horrible things I don't want to see and I just keep I mean that makes it sound like horrible things I don't want to see but it's just stupid things it doesn't things. have like the metadata to recommend yeah I think yeah, I haven't you have done to it interact enough probably because if it's called but a if for you but if you don't page. show me something that I can interact with <laughs> and I just want to keep just scrolling sometimes I'll just go searching. on and I'll just be like cats and then I'll just watch <laughs> cat videos and then I start to see more cats and then I'll go on and I'll search for some reason I've got a, a Obsessed with watching car crashes. Car crashes. I do that oh, too. No. And then I'm like, maybe I'm watching too much of this and I'm going to manifest a car crash in my life and I got to turn it off. Mommy, we think the same. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. We are here recording episode number 69.2. 69. Because Hannah threw such a fit about not being uh, on episode 69 that we had to do it twice. <laughs> Episode 69. <laughs> I'm ready. All right. Also, just to be clear, Hannah was on the first 69th episode. I was, and I was upset that I, I really wanted episode 69 because it's a funny number. Yeah, they wanted to tell the story. They yes. wanted their yeah. story it's to my be... episode. So, so you... that is why we so are... So now it's 69 to like Final Fantasy 10 to. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> that um, was the other thing I was going to tell you. Um, You could just be on episode 88. Why? Because you get eight twice. That's 69. Oh. Eight... Oh, <laughs> you know, never! I heard that when I was in junior oh. high. I can't Listen. believe you haven't heard it. I was in junior high. When I I've heard never that. heard that, but so I got it, it a lot so faster than Hannah did. I need episode eight thousand and eight. Yeah, we did already agree that that was going to be Hannah's episode. Yeah. Also, we'll be we'll all be dead by then. No, you need eight, you need eight thousand eight hundred and sixty nine. And then it's no. the same orgy. No. 6,988. Oh, no. 6,988 would be good, We too. might be Episode alive. T-I-T-T. <laughs> Tit. <laughs> we'll start That's naming our episodes by letters instead of numbers. <laughs> so that I can get episode B-O-O-B. Yeah, that's right. 8,008. Boob. But it needs to be 80,085. 
boobs with an S. No, just one singular boob. <laughs> just one. When we just get one to boob. episode, when we get to episode eighty thousand, maybe we can retire. <laughs> We'll still only have like five listeners, but that's okay. We'll, we'll still be begging for our first email. We'll be all it'll, octogenarians. It'll take us hours to record a, an episode, but not because we can't stop talking, because we have trouble talking. <laughs> My trouble story remembering is from 50 years ago we when all just I do, was 40. We all just and do the I, same story will, over and over again because none of us can remember. Remember that one Say, time? Like, why are you Southern? Why I don't know, whenever I'm old, I'm Southern. <laughs> she, she turned, come on, let's be honest. As mom gets older, she's going to turn Southern. Mom is Southern. But she hasn't really been Southern. Yeah, she's, it comes out more, I guess, as she gets older. Anyway, I don't know how to be old. How am I going to? I don't know. I'm an old lady now. I'm out talk like this. Where'd I put I'm my glasses? I'm going to tell the story of the Mothman. Man. <laughs> the what man? Mothman. Oh, the Mothman. I heard the Bogman. <laughs> you don't know about that the would be what we would do. Man. We would tell an entire story calling it the Bogman, and then we'd be like, oh. <laughs> Oh, Dang it, I meant the Mothman. Moth <laughs> this is about the Mothman. And people are going, the Bogman can fly? <laughs> Think all the swampy waves. That one that's with. called a, a flying an, a animal. So it's like the butterfly man or the <laughs> bird well, man. Talking about Sorry. stories. What are you, What's your story, Hannah? Um. All right. <laughs> all right. This week, Hannah is telling us a story. Let's hear it, Hannah. Let's man. hear your story. So my story this week is the bog man. The bog man. <laughs> my story this week is about the murder of Casey Joe Stoddart. Uh, Casey Joe Stoddart was born December 21st in 1989. She was born and raised in Pocatello, Idaho. Um, Pocatello is the largest city in Bannock County, Idaho, which is in like southern Idaho. And it's home to around 57,000 people. Not a whole lot of people. Um, it's also home to the Idaho State University. And I just thought this was a funny, silly fact. The Museum of Clean, which is a vacuum cleaner museum. Heck yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. Do, do, museum for everything. I would be very interested in how many visitors they get. Probably not many. I, I bet you the history of the vacuum is kind of interesting, though. But only uh, up until like 19... 19- 1950. Yeah, just like the, in, the the introduction of it because it changed like a housewife's life. I mean, think about it. You yeah. went from having a broom and then, you know what I mean? That's how you cleaned your house. And then you have a vacuum and you can clean the carpet. You can like... Yeah, you used to have to take the carpets out and beat them. Yeah, yeah. And then you could have like tacked down carpet. It changed like the whole aspect of a home and then the progression from the hotter type vacuum Uh to like the actual electronic i want to know if this museum talks about why vacuums are um like operated not operated um what's the word serviced at the same place as sewing machines why oh why are they always together we're always the ones today they still are vacuum and sewing if i need to get my sewing machine um oiled Mm -hmm. i take it to like a vacuum salesman Mm mm-hmm uh, like why in tradition so, so maybe it was like at the convenience store for housewives like Salem was saying one stop shop for all your lady appliance needs right they just kept it that way and maybe I it mean, just that's stayed great. that way that's great speculation I'm saying I want, I want this want museum to, know to tell me I want the museum maybe, to tell me the, I the bet real you can truth Google it. Maybe the no I'm going to go to Idaho <laughs> maybe the mo- motors and sewing machines and the motors oh. and vacuums are, are similar maybe we don't know I, Kelly we wants us to stop maybe there's <laughs> just a a tiny sewing machine inside of every vacuum. <laughs> and that's, that's the one. And that's what makes the motor go. Yes. <laughs> we will only know if we all go take a road trip to, <laughs> to Idaho. Pocatillo, Idaho. Let's Done. do it. Um, anyways, I realized Bags I was saying packed. Casey. It's not Casey. It's Cassie. Mm. I don't know how to read. And what sorry. is... Oh, sorry, Cassie. Last sorry, Cassie Joe Stoddart. Stoddart. Okay, at first yes. I thought you just said start. And so, no, okay, Stoddart. So Cassie was a middle child and was always considered a good kid. She wasn't into drinking or drugs, and she was a straight-A student at Pocatello High School, which is the same high school that her boyfriend Matt Beckham and her eventual killers attended. 
Cassie was well-liked in school. Her hobbies included music and reading, and she was all around just a good kid. So in September of 2006, Cassie's aunt Allison and her uncle Frank were out of town, and they had asked Cassie to house it while they were away. They lived just north of Pocatillo on Whispering Cliff Drive. It was north of, north of the town, so the houses were far apart. There was a lot of land in between each of the houses, so it was an area that you could kind of get away with a lot of things. So on September 22nd of 2006, Cassie's mother dropped her and her boyfriend Matt off at her aunt's house at around 5 p.m. Two of Cassie's friends came to the house just to hang out around like 8.20. Her friends were Tori Adamsick and Brian Draper. They were just like hanging out. They weren't drinking or doing drugs or anything. They were just like watching a movie. I and think they, they were about 18, you said, or six, 18? Um, at this time... 89 Cassie was born like in 89, so like 17. And they were all about the same age? They so were like all around the same school. age. I think... Tori and Brian were a year younger. I don't know how old Matt was, but they were all in the same grade. All friends all hung out with each other. I, for for some reason, one of the videos I watched about this had the very specific uh, detail that they were watching Kill Bill Volume 2. <laughs> very 2006 thing <laughs> very to be watching. Very 2006. <laughs> um, so Tori and Brian left the house around 9.30 p.m. to go and see a movie And that left Cassie and Matt at the house alone. Around 10 p.m., 30 minutes after Tori and Brian had left, the power in the house cut off, but then came back on seconds later. So Cassie was house-sitting, and there were five or four pets, something like that, and there were two dogs and, like, three cats. And so after the power went out, the two dogs were sitting in front of the basement door and growling. Um, The power breakers for the house were in the basement, and so in order to like see why the power had gone out and come back on, they would have had to go into the basement. However, Cassie and Matt, being very smart children, refused to go into the basement. <laughs> yeah. Cause that is something straight out of a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. No kidding. They also refused to go into the basement because they had heard noises coming from down there. So they just kind of hung out. The power was going off and back on, I think, periodically until around 11.15 when Matt's mother came to pick him up from the house. Matt asked Cassie to leave the house with him because he felt that something was off, especially yeah. after hearing all those noises. Because she would be all alone there, right? Yeah, she was the only yeah, one there. fuck that. Yeah, seriously. However, Cassie refused, and she stayed at the house because she was, it was her duty. Yeah, she, she was taking care of the house and the pets. and Exactly. I she thought... felt responsible for the animals and responsible for the house. Oh, but I, so she didn't she leave. She looked so smart for a second there, though. I'm sorry. The cats will hide and be okay. The dogs, see if you can take them with you. But like, I can yeah, see but... if nothing happened in that hour after the power turned off, you could think it was just a weird electrical thing. If... And having that sense of responsibility, especially as a teenager who's like given this little bit of freedom, she's yeah. house-sitting for her her family too, and not wanting them to be disappointed. Like, And you think that it's not really gonna... Like, there have been many times I've been alone at like grandma's house back in the day or aunt Peggy's house. And like, you freak yourself out and you're like, that's not logical. It's yeah, fine. And in true. my case, it 100% was cause I'm here today. So I get it. I feel like I but would probably be kind of like, were her too. there dogs who are sensitive to things yeah. standing and growling? See, I think I would leave and call yeah. the police is probably Just what I would do. Just to have them check the, exactly. and say like, Just what's be going like, on I know I'm probably freaking out, but I'm alone at this house <clears throat> I and probably this weird that, shit is right. going yeah. on and I don't want to be, I wouldn't want to be alone in the house. Like, yeah, like, but I, I'm not saying where... abandon the animals. I'm saying have it checked out. Like, I, I can, can under- see that. I also, I'm fearful of what's going to happen and I feel bad critiquing her choice yeah i mean we all none of us know what we would do in any given situation and especially as a teenager yeah like i I think back to the times i was house setting at ellen's when i was still a teenager and like there was literally someone standing in her front yard once when i was leaving and i was like that was weird i'm still gonna come back here because i have a job to do yeah i guess (laughs) maybe i don't know it's, it's that that 
high sense of responsibility you have as a teenager who's like almost an adult. You want well, people to take you seriously. Kind of stupid. You haven't lived but then, a lot yeah, of the you world. You think nothing will so, hurt me. Yeah. You have that invincible kind of, and you just haven't experienced as much. Like by the time you get to your mid 20s, you know, or your 30s, for sure, you've seen a lot of horrible shit in the world that when you're a teenager, you're kind of sheltered from to a certain yeah. extent and you don't realize how bad people can really be well, and especially how, in a small town like Pocatello yeah. where I'm yeah. sure not much bad happens I get it I, I understand Jess that you're yeah. still I also think that of all of us here you would be the one that would be and I mean this <laughs> well, as a compliment that would be like um no we're gonna figure this out I'm not just gonna sit here and blindly like put myself at risk <laughs> like, yeah. and that would probably save all of us if we were <laughs> correct I, mean, I guess I mean and I did like I we got this lame call once I, you might remember this because I think you were home persnickety <laughs> I don't remember oh. persnickety, okay, but different call. <laughs> but the call with somebody like threatening us, and oh, I was that was persnickety. See, I don't remember all the details. I have forgotten them, but so I don't remember exactly. Because I think what I they took said. the first call, maybe, and like, and I called. I called Jake's mom at that point. We were babysitting Hannah and Belle, probably. So I didn't call 911, but I called her to get her advice. And This is interesting because I feel like this might be one of those times where we have missed remembering the same event because that happens all the time in people's lives. Yeah. Or there might be two different events because this persnickety thing, I call it persnickety, but I, it was someone saying, hey, let me talk to persnickety. Hey, I'm going to come over there and I'm going to get you. I know she's there. I know you let me talk to her. And it may have been something other than persnickety, but that's how I remember it. <laughs> but we called Ellen. And I remember this because Ellen was going to come over. And then on the way, she was speeding, of course, because she's Ellen. And she got pulled over. And she leaned her head out the car and said, my, I don't know if she called us her nieces, but my my nieces are, are in trouble. They called me. Someone's calling the house. I got to get there. And the guy was like, do you need me to escort you? And she said, no, I just got to go. And he said, OK, go. Which seems like, I don't know, not something in police. But this is a memory of the story that I have in my head. It depends on the officer. And yeah. there were times but back think, then, yeah. Yeah. And but I think you did call Jake's mom also. But then Ellen got there and no one ever showed up to get us and that was it. Well, I remember a time, I don't, maybe we did call both um, because the time I remember, I don't remember what they said. I remember answering the phone and it being some sort of threat or something. And then I remember sitting on the stairs and Jake's mom was holding Hannah and like okay, trying so maybe to calm it was different. me down. Were so people just always oh calling God, us at the house? Or no? we have <laughs> two totally different memorances yeah, of that the same event? That feels like it had to have happened twice then, right? Memory is not very reliable. I don't know. When we were kids... The number of prank calls was insane. We were talking about this. I forget what brought it up, but I was like, do you remember how many obscene phone calls you would get as a kid where well, you would just pick up the phone and it'd be like heavy breathing or like some guy like, oh, what are you wearing? Or something weird like there that. there was no caller ID. Yeah. And then also <laughs> the random kids, you know, is your refrigerator running? Mm-hmm. I mean, we would have sleepovers and that's what we would wait till two o'clock in the morning and then we would start prank yes. calling people <laughs> and we would plan what we were gonna say before i'm gonna do the refrigerator one this time you know like stupid shit like that it's weird though and we had weird random threats we at one point and i think it was some kid that i went to school with but it was you guys probably don't remember but somebody was calling the house threatening to come over and beat us up beat me up essentially or like i'm gonna come over and i'm gonna get you kind of dumb shit but that's was, exactly the sort of stuff we yeah. remember so maybe we just got this all the time i think it was just people <laughs> fucked around with shit like that all the time because there was no caller id there was no star 69 and then once people started getting that shit they recognized that i'm gonna get caught yeah so like like we That's had crazy, we had though. threatening calls to the point where we called the police and asked them to, tr- to trace it. Oh my god! Yes, when I was that's, in like junior high. That's wow. crazy that those calls were so prolific. Apparently, yet for some reason, like Salem remembers all of it, but Kelly and I just have two separate, distinct memories that yeah. for some reason that have a lot of similarities. So similar. <laughs> I think it had to have been the same a night because it stuck with us both, and we probably well, called multiple people. And, yeah, and maybe Ellen came because I'm sure Jake's mom didn't want to come, but like I think, I, I, but, but I, maybe I panicked and maybe I think. I probably called Jake 
and maybe he made that his sounds mom familiar. Home. That sounds familiar. I only remember Ellen because Ellen telling the story of getting pulled over. Yeah. So we should ask Ellen if she remembers this event because yes. she might then be able to corroborate for us. But I bet it was the same event. And I think this is a perfect example as we tell all of these true crime stories on our podcast. Yeah. How memory is extremely subjective. Yes. Absolutely. And therefore very unreliable. Because <laughs> what if that night someone next door had like ended up dead or something and now we're trying to remember to help someone solve the cold case like how unreliable and you hear about this in podcasts too like well this person said that Ellen came over and this person said that Jake's mom came over well, but the, how could that both and, have happened yeah. like and also how suggestive we are though because have you realized how we had two distinct memories when we started telling this but as we've talked about it there's been more and more of like I mean, maybe then yeah. maybe we called multiple people. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it was the same. Happened. Like your maybe memories just, are changing right yeah. now. Yeah. Right? And now I would say I think that I do remember Jake's mom being a part of it. Yeah. But if but I you told never this story said that separate before. in another room, I never. And that actually could be that like, oh, I'd forgotten that part. And there yeah. is truth in that. But I never would have said that if we were in a separate room. This is a fascinating study, and I would like to create a new podcast where we just pick <laughs> random moments from our childhood, yes. and we all separately tell the story, and then we oh, get in a room that together. That would be another oh, Patreon, another Patreon yeah. extra. Um, that would be great. Yeah. And ooh, ooh, not one. even oh, sorry, and not even from our childhood. Let we could throw in one like let from like last from year, like, <laughs> last <laughs> Christmas, yeah. last Christmas, like yeah. or oh, we should totally do that. I think we should. Too, but we should also get back to the yes. story. <laughs> so Cassie refused and stayed at the house because she was responsible for the house and the animals inside of it. Um, so at around eleven fifteen, Matt left the house and went home with his mother. Um, Matt called Tori, who had come over earlier to see if he was done with the movie, see if he was in town, um, because they were right outside of. Pocatello, Pocatello, Pocatello. <laughs> um, so to see if he had made it back in town and Tori had answered, but he was whispering on the other line. Matt oh. felt that something was wrong and attempted to call Cassie multiple times that night, but she never answered. So on September 23rd, the next day, Matt still hadn't gotten a hold of Cassie. Matt couldn't drive. He didn't have a driver's license. So he wasn't able to go to the house and check on her. At all that day, oh. Matt had called Tori, who had a car, and asked if he could give him a lift. Tori said that he couldn't, and he was out of gas. He wasn't able to make it up there. So then Matt called Cassie's mother to see if she had heard from her at all. And she had said no, and she was actually a little annoyed that Cassie hadn't, like, checked in with her oh, and she that she was worrying all these people. being a teenager. Yeah. See, I think part of it, I'm going to say again what I would do, and I think part of it is is that we've listened to and and researched and told so many stories like this, because at this point, I would have been, if I was Matt, would have been like, police, well, well, check, please, well, check my friend. Yeah. But I also totally know the vibe of like, I'm really nervous about Mm -hmm. this. I feel like something's wrong. I feel like this isn't good, but like, I'm probably overreacting. So no, and I think for me, I think it's totally because we... I have kind of immersed myself in all of these kinds of stories and I've heard so many tragic things where I just at this point in my life, like in all of this, I just wouldn't take a chance. I'll I mean, look I, like I a think... fool if I have to look like a fool. Yeah. For if my I own... felt followed that though, I would call the cops on you all like a hundred time. times. Well, I know. Because I would I... always be like, Salem hasn't texted me back. Is she okay? Why hasn't Salem texted me back? Well, and is she I mad have... at me or is she dead? There's a couple of times with the girls, once they were adults and they were going to parties and then yeah. I didn't hear from them the next morning until like fucking two o'clock in the afternoon where I was about ready to fucking go hunt them down even though they're 19 year old kids. <laughs> But yeah, and I never did call the cops. And Jess, I mean, I would really worry about Jess sometimes, but Jess is really great at responding to me, which means if you ever (laughs) don't respond pretty quickly before 8.30 at night or 9 at night, then I'm going to freak out. That's why I like Messenger, because even if you don't respond, I can tell if you've seen it. it. And then I'm like, oh, good. The girls are alive, at least. They just don't want to talk to me. (laughs) But like you were saying, Mom... um, like we would react differently because of how much of this kind of content we've consumed. I think that is why there 
is such like there has always been such an interest in true crime and like why especially now there is is that people are learning about it to like help prevent it from happening to them or someone that they love and so like having the knowledge that oh this is weird behavior and you should probably call the police if this happens it's like you know that because you are aware of it whereas people who don't consume this type of media aren't as aware that it happens like they don't want to think about it Whereas we think about it all the, all time, the time to yeah. kind of quell our anxieties of it. Like, yeah. And it's, the, it's kind of this joke out there of like the weird, like, I don't know, basic bitch, bitch obsession with true crime. But I do think it is like I feel safer because I know I'm not going to make those similar mistakes. Yeah. So and it, like, I, I it think quells it's my anxiety exactly. in my preparation. People would mm-hmm. think that it fuels my anxiety, but it quells my anxiety because it increases my feelings of preparedness. And I think that's also interesting in how there is like such a dichotomy of like women who love true crime are mm-hmm. perceived very differently from men who love true crime. Yeah. Because women are doing it more in like a self-preservation type of way. Whereas a lot of the time when I see like straight men who consume true crime a lot i'm like i don't ever want to speak to you <laughs> like that is a yeah, red but, flag but and not, go away i think that's an unfair assumption to make because i yeah. think that but i understand why you would say that yeah. but i think there are plenty of straight men that Detective. are interested yeah. in um, true crime shemmy listens to every i'm so episode. sorry steve I'm sorry. there are also women who don't wouldn't name it in the same way as us i think yes. it's an i think it's an underlying piece of human nature yeah. that Absolutely. the fixation in general men or women can come from this place of wanting to prevent, protect, um, be prepared. It's like this fixation that we may not even fully understand because we want to make sure that it never happens to us or those around us. And it's the the morbid reality of just facing mortality, I think. Yeah, yes. Um, For most people. Um, So Cassie's mom had also not heard from her. And no one drove to the home that day to check on Cassie because her aunt and uncle were returning the next day. So they figured if anything was wrong, they would see it the next day. They didn't think anything was out of the ordinary, even though she wasn't responding. They were like, she's just being a teenager. They'll be home the next day. They'll tell us that she's fine. So on September 24th, Cassie's aunt and uncle, Allison and Frank, arrived back home with their 13-year-old daughter, and their 13-year-old daughter had found Cassie stabbed to death in their home. Oh. She was stabbed around three dozen times. Wow. For those of you bad at math, that's about 36. That's about 36 Wow, times. that was fast math. Good job. Oh. I, that... That sounded sarcastic. It wasn't. Like, I genuinely was just like, was I'm like, over here like, 12 is a dozen, right? Um, Cassie was stabbed around three, three dozen times, and that is actually where I wanted to take our break. That's a sad place that to stop. That is a sad place. It is a very stop. sad place to stop. But, but it I mean feels I'm not poignant. I'm not surprised with that life point with that outcome. Pregnant there. with feeling. Yeah. After, as we talked about all of the reasons why we would call the police. I'm not yes. surprised. Yeah. yeah. I mean we 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 saw where this I mean she did name or they did name I, the story I, the, murder the murder of, of but like we stuff. saw where yeah. this was going. I guess I always forget about that when I'm like, <laughs> ah, surprise. <laughs> I do sometimes try to like not name mine and just say things like today we're gonna talk about John. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think that's sometimes good, but I also think that it's fun to kind of know where we're going yeah. too. So both yeah. are both are good. Yeah. I don't know. I just like the reveal, which is why I listen and am obsessed with true crime because I like puzzles too much. Yeah. Mystery. The mystery of it. I think that that's a big piece of it as well. There's a lot of reasons. Hey, how about y'all out there? Tell us why you like try, cr- try, yeah. try crime. Try crime. Don't, don't try crime. Tell don't, us why you like true crime. crime. <laughs> All you shemmies. Hey, little shemmies. Thanks for tuning in. While we were on our break, I just wanted to let you guys know how you can get a hold of us if you wanted to send us an email with your spooky stories. I'm still waiting for you to tell me those so I could tell them to you. Our email is ffsthepodcast at gmail.com. We'd also love to hear from you on the various social media sites. We're ffsthepodcast on Instagram and on Twitter and on Facebook. You can find us at E-F-F-E-D up storytime. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for tuning in. We love you, Shemmies. And uh, back to the show. We can give a plug to Finchie and nobody will know what it is. They'll be like looking for Finchie. No, <laughs> it's called Finch. Finch? If, you, if you want some productivity with a cute little bird involved, I recommend I the do. app Finch. Finch. <laughs>
All right. Well, All right. do we want to d- jump right back into the story? Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, so when we left off, Cassie had been found stabbed to death in her aunt and uncle's home. Matt, her boyfriend, was immediately taken in for questioning because he was the last person to see her alive. Makes sense. But he also was the one like, hey, I think something's wrong. And calling yeah, her over and, and over again. Yeah. And um, so Suspicious behavior. He's trying to cover <laughs> his tracks. But I mean, as you do, if you're the last person to see someone alive, you're probably the first person. And especially if you're a significant other, because that is also more mm-hmm. likely um, he was the first person to be questioned. But Matt's mother, when she had picked him up, had actually seen Cassie in the doorway. She was like waving goodbye to him as he was leaving. Okay. So oh. she was definitely alive when he left at like 1115 that night of the 22nd. Matt also willingly did a polygraph test and he passed with flying colors uh, even though we all know today <laughs> that polygraphs are not always the most reliable, it was still evidence that he probably didn't do it. Yeah. During his invest during his questioning, Matt brought up the fact that Brian and Tori were over there earlier that night, the night of Cassie's murder. And so Brian and Tori were kind of d- notorious for filming a lot of everything they did. And they had actually filmed the night of Cassie's murder. And this included them talking in detail about their plans to murder their friends, Cassie and Matt. What? what? Uh-huh. Did they like post this anywhere or did they no, just find No, it was just on videotapes. So they weren't like trying to YouTube, I guess it was 20, 2006. Was YouTube a thing? No, no. Uh, like just starting. So they were just on videotapes. But they were they on were videotapes. They not were like digital. Oh, tapes. So you okay. couldn't even put it on YouTube no. without a lot of work. So they okay. were... They were suspected enough that the police got a warrant to get them, or did they give them to they, the police? So I might have skipped a little bit. That was for dramatic flair. Oh, um, good, because it was <laughs> real dramatic, so we were all I like, know. what? <laughs> Tell us more. They uh, Eventually, the police found a videotape with some other evidence that showed them talking about it, showed them filming after it. But that we'll get into that a little bit later in more detail. So... In, in their video, they had said that they were inspired by the movie Scream. So when I was saying earlier that it was just like a movie where they were turning the lights on and off and making all these noises in the basement, it was like directly inspired by the movie Scream. They wanted to do something that was like Scream. And they planned for it to not just scare her. Like they planned from the yes. beginning what the end product was going to be. Yeah. In the videos, they talk about... Very blatantly, they talk about how they were going to kill her. Oh, my gosh. And uh, in I I watched a video by that chapter where he showed some of the the videos in it. And they say in those videos that they wanted to kill Cassie and Matt and said that, quote, it would be extra fun. So why did they want to kill? Did you say that already? They mm, they're they're in. True motive is like kind of, I guess, up in the air, I guess. I don't know. It was just they were inspired by by Scream. They said that they were crazy and they just wanted to do something like that movie. And they didn't like Cassie or they just... No, they were friends with Cassie. They were very close friends with Cassie. It's weird. But they knew, I think it was a crime of opportunity because they knew she was going to be there by herself, kind of in the middle of nowhere. So it was easy for them to do it. That's just weird. That's just very dark to kill your friend. But in their friend. head, they were creating this whole story. Because, yes. like, if you... I mean, I guess I should let you get more into, like, what their plan was and what they did and stuff. But, like, I'm, I'm starting to, like, wrap my head around it mm-hmm. in a yucky way. Okay. So, like I said, Tori and Brian were friends with Cassie and Matt. They all went to high school together. They both had a love of serial killers and were obsessed with Scream. And they would take notes on how not to get caught for murder. Did, like, Cassie and Matt know that they were kind of super into this stuff? I I think so. I think that it was just, like, one of their personality traits. I mean, like, how we are all on a podcast where we But, I mean, also kind of why I said earlier, like, when you see a guy, like, a straight guy that's into true crime in the Mm -hmm. same way that a lot of women are, it's, like, kind of a red flag. And I feel like in this instance, 
specifically it's like they're obsessed with this and then they take notes on how not to get caught for it like right. that's probably a red flag i mean <laughs> how many of us have taken notes on how to get away with murder and showed anybody else i mean yeah <laughs> <laughs> also we we don't do that even, <laughs> we don't do even, that ever. even in our privacy <laughs> and also does anybody else ever feel like if somebody says calls themselves crazy they're not really crazy they just want to be crazy oh yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. people who are actually like clinically insane don't go around toting the fact that they're clinically insane no No, in (laughs) fact we're trying to destigmatize words like crazy and not use them to refer to those well it's the same thing with like how how social media kind of made this this uptick in people wanting to have depression or like romanticizing depression and self-harm and like eating disorders. Meanwhile, you have people who actually deal with all of that and they're like, can you fucking stop? It's not like a fun thing to yeah, have like, all I don't of that. Want to post YouTube videos It's not about romantic. This shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, but you know, in this line of things, it's like Bonnie and Clyde and yeah. like, you know, some of those movies that came out in the like early nineties, like natural born killers that mm-hmm. just would like totally romanticize that idea of being crazy yeah well being a crazy killer you know even today like with that new Dahmer thing coming out and like people being so obsessed with it and like that romanticization of it Mm -hmm. that's where I think an issue of like an interest in true crime truly comes is when you start to romanticize it forget about the people who are actually the victims Mm -hmm. and like think of it as like oh that's so cool what if I did that? Like yeah. that's this the line is, of thinking that becomes I problematic. Was, I was, yeah. got, oh man, I totally forgot what it was called. I'll have to find it because I just recently watched a true crime documentary, and they made it a blatant point to never say the killer's name. I nice. like that's that. great, and I think we I like should that. do that for everything. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, I do want to take a quick circle back because mm-hmm. I think that our little. Little Booger had a really great episode on the issue with fixation oh, of, on people, yeah, yeah. on like serial killers. Little so Booger. if you want to go back and listen to that one, because I think there's a difference between trying to sort through our own feelings of people who we know who may have done bad things and romanticizing, like what yes. you yeah. were saying, yeah. Hannah, mm-hmm. like romanticizing this genre and this vibe mm. and then like... Um, emulating it right yeah. it's the same idea it's the romeo and juliet effect it may mm-hmm. you know romanticizing murder suicide well technically well, that- it was suicide suicide <laughs> but yeah. it's that disassociation yeah it's mm-hmm. that it from su- reality suicide, it's suicide, like suicide. you're living in a fantasy world at that point like you are totally yeah. disconnected from reality when you get to the point where you're <laughs> in a basement trying to yeah re- like replicate scream yeah. and you're gonna kill I, i'm having a hard time getting past this you're gonna kill your close friend well like, and I, I almost can understand that like yeah. high school enemy heathers kind of bullshit but this yeah. is like you're like someone you don't know like we're gonna set up this scream yeah, environment but- and kill some bystander i i well, isn't that a part of Scream that they were all friends with each other? Like, yeah. isn't the first Scream? Yeah. Isn't he their friend? Yeah. He's, so I think he that's probably also part of uh, it. Oh, yeah. Luke Campbell's yeah, yeah, boyfriend, yeah. Gavin Rosdale. Uh, oh, that makes I, sense. Okay. And he was really sexy in that movie. So, like, <laughs> we need to stop doing that. We need to stop <laughs> yeah, casting, stop casting attractive like, people. Gorgeously sexy people. I was a teenager and I was like, uh-huh, yep. You <laughs> could kill me any day. Um, <laughs> along that line, though, Mom, I have a quote from one of the videos. I don't know who said it. It was hard to tell because they weren't like filming each other's faces. But one of them said, we found our victim. And as sad as it may be, she's our friend. But we've all got to make sacrifices. Oh. Ew. For what? What are so yeah. why for them like, to have, have their fantasy? What do their we sacrifice? Yeah. Do we so are they, their sacrifices? Wait, that I was going to say. Friend. So they're saying their sacrifice is losing their friend. Yes. So that's what they're sacrificing. Mm. They're gross. Yeah. Wow. Um. So Brian's, Fuck these kids. Brian's family described him as normal, as every fucking killer's family always describes him as. Yeah. I think sometimes people are sneaky though, because like people hide. People no, exactly. Hide. That's why like people, like, the family of killers, are always like they're so normal. Um, Brian Brian's family described him as normal. He was adopted at birth though, and he claimed that he never really belonged anywhere, and so he clung to Tori and kind of followed in his footsteps. Can I just really quickly check on pronouns and genders? These both of these people both identified male. as male. Yes. Initially, I thought they were uh, Brian and Tori because Tori is often a female. 
Yeah, it's okay. spelled Tori, T-O-R-E-Y, not like T-O-R-I. I mean, so we've like had friends who are Tories. Yeah, Tories mm, yeah. from Mythbusters. There's someone, Matt, with, well, I, the other people we've known who have been Tories, but in my head, I mis, I misgendered that person. No, they're both male identifying. So Tori was often described as the ringleader of the duo, but he would deny this and say that Brian was the ringleader. So they both were brought in for questioning, but neither Brian nor Tori could say what movie they'd seen after leaving Cassie's house. And the police even went and spoke to someone who worked at the movie theater the night of the murder. She went to high school with Brian and Tori and said that she didn't see them walk into the theater at all that night. Now I get why we were so specific about the movie. Yes. Mm. <laughs> and in, in general, their stories didn't really match up. So... Both boys were interviewed multiple times, and because of their age, their parents were present. And eventually, since neither of their stories were matching up, they both changed their story to say that they were attempting to steal cars in the area that night, and that's why they had lied initially. It's better Lesser to be... crime. I mean, yeah. honestly, if I committed a murder and I didn't have an alibi, I would be, be like, like... Oh, I was stealing shit. I was... I would, I lie, was I would lie at first and then come back and be like, I was with a prostitute. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You have to Something lie like, first to show that you, You like, didn't want to tell the truth. Yeah. But we'll cut that out just so that <laughs> nobody knows my plan. Oh, yeah, you gotta Let, save our, our alibis for wait, so, Somebody write it down on our how to get away with murder list. Uh-huh. Yes. No, we don't really have those everyone what if someone see here's the other thing sometimes people are just close to a circumstance and bad shit happens and someone dies and then they're all of a sudden like why do you have a journal with all of these horrible (laughs) lyrics in it Um, i mean like what's his name damon (laughs) yeah like then they're they're, yeah that's a perfect example then they are what's the word convicted damien damien convicted is the second word what's the first word it's like out there in the wrong um Maybe it's wrongfully convicted. Maybe that's what you're trying to say. Yeah, wrongfully convicted. As soon as you said that, that's the second word. (laughs) But Brian and Tori. Um, Yes. So they changed their story to say that they were attempting to steal cars in the area. But then polygraph tests were brought out. And that's when their stories changed yet again. Now a third change that won't. Fly. No, no. It's yeah, you just can't be relied upon at that point. Yeah. So Brian admitted everything first, and he said that both boys filmed everything including a death list of people that they would kill. And this was filmed before I think the n- day before the murder took place, and Cassie was at the top of that list. Um, Yuck. Yeah. That's so they awful. had planned kind of like a spree, I think. Oh. In... They didn't expect to get caught so quickly. Well, I don't know because they did. They 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 killed Cassie and then they just like didn't do anything. Maybe they didn't and, have like, a stomach it was, like, for it. Days later until they. Maybe they did it and they were like, oh, I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't have yeah. done that. My arm's too tired. I gotta recuperate. That could be too. <laughs> <laughs> from all the stabbing my arm's too tired um i also thought it was important to bring up that in this video of the death list tori said that the perfect ending to their killings would be a school shooting Ugh. oh no so further See, that's just so fucked up further showing the kind of i mean it's mentality up, that this person they had. just yeah. wanted to go kill people yeah yeah and i i, I again this was like after columbine and I think yeah. it was like Columbine specifically had such a huge yeah. like reaction of people romanticizing it yes. and well, having it was, all of yeah. those people be so obsessed with it. Yeah. It was probably, if not the first, one of the very first live sh- streamed essentially, because I forget the real words from back before streaming, <laughs> um, as it was happening. I remember watching. Oh, yeah. yeah. We watched it in school. Yeah. As it was happening. Like, we went on lockdown and then watched it in school yeah, on the news. Like, it was like one of, you know, so yeah. that was like the the first. That it, was, it was the, yeah. the first. It really yeah. started the, the I modern, mean, it was the the modern school, school shooting. shooting, but it was the first 
of its kind, like you said, yeah, the yeah. modern school shooting with, with the, all yes. of the television, yep. all of the police response. There have been the, mass shootings in the past, but they didn't the, have the same kind of social impact. Yep, Columbine yeah, exactly. can all be traced back to Columbine. Yeah. Ugh, yucky. Icky, icky. Ugh. <laughs> After Brian and Tori left Cassie's uncle and aunt's house at around 930, they didn't go to the movie obviously they <laughs> drove down the road and parked the car. So before they had left, Tori had unlocked the basement door and Cassie and Matt didn't know this. I think there was a basement door that led outside and they intended to come back and kill both Cassie and Matt. They waited around 30 minutes before coming back to the house. So around 10 o'clock ish, they snuck into the house through the door. They had left unlock they wore Halloween masks to hide their identity and then brandished um, knives. They were just like hunting knives. Not butter knives? <laughs> I mean, Shut they up. were Halloween masks, which is kind of like in line with Scream. They weren't like ghost face masks, but they were still Halloween I just, masks. I'm just even more disappointed in them now for not committing to the Yeah. <laughs> And uh, for being murderers and for being and crazy killers, people. <laughs> just want to. Well, yeah, that that's, that doesn't need to be said. But <laughs> extra disappointment. It's from like not I taking advantage think, of this. Opportunity. I didn't think I could be more disappointed, but I am. <laughs> so they went to the circuit breaker in the basement and turned the lights off and on. They broke things and slammed doors in the basement to try and lure Cassie and Matt down there. That's what I was thinking as they were uh -huh. fucking because you yeah. said the power came on and off. It, they yeah, were they were turning it to on get them and off. To go down they had the their basement. and I was thinking this earlier yes. too. They had their movie like they could probably visualize it like oh we're in this. they're going to go downstairs they're going to be so scared and then we're going to do like they could picture in the same way that like Drew Barrymore walks around the apartment being or the house being scared yeah. I yeah. bet they could picture all that yeah. shit or you know or they come down to the basement and we kill them down there and it takes forever for people to find them or like crazy yeah. shit I bet they like thought that. through the whole thing I bet they were thinking in camera angles and shit even oh, you absolutely. know oh it's gross because they they filmed their daily lives all the time too so yeah. they also had that added aspect of like already viewing their life through a, a lens of a camera yeah. in a certain yeah. way. Yeah, I can't bake without yeah. thinking what's the best angle in order yeah. to record this. <laughs> so Cassie and Matt didn't go into the basement. So then Matt left the house with his mother. Cassie didn't come with. And when Matt called Tori and he was whispering, it was because he was in the basement of Cassie's house waiting to kill her. I wondered when he said yeah. when you were saying that I was like, oh, is he there? Is he the yeah. one? Yeah. So Matt called him while they were there. Ugh. Ugh. Extra gross. <laughs> after Matt had gone, the boys snuck upstairs after cutting the power out once again and leaving it off this time. They walked into the room where Cassie was sitting on the couch and slammed a door to scare her. Then they leapt at her and began stabbing her, and she was stabbed approximately thirty times. They left the scene with Cassie bleeding out on the floor and they filmed after the murder and talked about getting their act straight for police. They didn't film the murder. No, not that well, I know of. Interesting. You can't stab and hold a camera at the same time. Yeah, true. I'm true. <laughs> and it's, it's implied that they both like took part in it, that they both stabbed her, that it wasn't just one person doing it and one person kind of standing off to the sideline, even though they'll go back and forth and blame the other one for sure. being the only person to kill her. But yeah, they didn't film the murder itself. They just filmed before which, doing it and then they filmed after. Which almost sounds smart, like, oh, no incriminating evidence, except we recorded the whole planning and celebration of yeah, it. Yeah, the, the conspiracy <laughs> yeah. to commit murder. And the videotaped admissions. Yeah. <laughs> so Brian went through the events of the night with the police, but when it came to the actual murder, he placed all of the blame on Tori. Brian said he didn't stab Cassie at all. He just watched Tori stab her and said that Tori had pressured him into doing this to begin with. Mm. Meanwhile, Tori placed all of the blame on Brian. Both of the boys claimed it was supposed to be a joke and it was supposed to be fun, just like Scream. So they both said that neither of them intended to murder her. Classic, he said, he said. And this this was before they had found the videotapes. Okay, so they so didn't trying know. to pull it off. Like, yeah. we didn't mean for it to be they're a murder. They're both ratting on each other. Yes, yeah, yeah exactly. Because you know what? Snitches get... Snitches! Immunity. True. Yes. <laughs> Unfortunate <Sadly>. reality. <laughs> that is the third time I've told that joke the first time anybody <laughs> laughed, so thank you. <laughs> Because I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> this is your audience. Yeah. Like that. 
So Brian led the police to a bag of evidence 20 minutes away from the murder site. This contained partially burned videotapes from the night, the masks they used, and the knives they used as murder weapons. Tori's fingerprints were found on the masks. I don't know if they... They didn't mention anything about, like, other fingerprints being found on other things, but that, like, pretty solidly at least put Tori there. Yeah. Since he was a little bit more reluctant, I think, to confess than Brian was. Tori and Brian were tried separately. Brian was tried in April of 2007 and Tori was tried in May of 2007. They were both tried as adults. And so they were convicted of first degree murder and conspiracy to commit murder because of the videotapes that they had filmed before the murder had taken place. Pretty much explicitly saying that they were going to do this. They both received life without parole plus 30 years for the conspiracy. And I, I wanted to bring this up earlier, but when you were saying that, like, the parents of killers are sometimes victims, I agree with that, but not in the instance of Tori's parents, because they are fucking shit bags. Um, <laughs> I mean, let's just be fair about parents. Ugh, yeah, and, I mean, I, I like... And if they never explicitly said, it's okay to murder people just for fun. But they're... <laughs> yes, Okay. But okay, so Tories torture people or cause harm. I might also argue that if you never make clear, whether explicitly said <laughs> or through your guidance, that it's not, not okay, okay to murder someone for fun. Like, you may have never said that to Evie, but I am pretty confident that Evie knows that's probably not okay. <laughs> now, if she does it, you have made your stance clear on that. Yes. <laughs> But did these parents explicitly tell their child that murder is bad? Well, okay. What happened? Just tell me. (laughs) Tori's mom wrote a book after he was uh, convicted called The Guilty Innocent. Basically explicitly saying that he was innocent. He was guilty by association. He did nothing wrong. Placing all of the blame on Brian. So taking zero accountability for what her son had done, just in the same way that Tori is taking zero accountability well, for the things that he has done. So maybe they didn't make him a killer, but they made him an what's I can't think of the unaccountable word. asshole. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. That works. There was a fancier word. So in 2016, um, I think it was 2016, Idaho made mandatory sentencing of life without parole for minors unconstitutional. So this meant that Brian and Tori had the possibility to be resentenced. No! It's okay because their sentences were upheld. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so even if they're tried as adults, if they're under eighteen, they yes. can't be given life without parole. It can't be a mandatory sentencing. So I think what gotcha. it was is because they were tried as adults for first degree murder, the automatic sentencing was life without parole. Okay, but it, with this new like mandate, gotcha. it would be that could be a possibility. I think, but it's not the automatic one that right. you have it, to go a for. A judge could be more lenient. Yeah, depending if, on the okay. crime. Depending on the crime, which makes sense. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm good now. But yes, their sentences were still upheld, still life without parole plus 30 for the conspiracy. Brian has begun to claim some accountability for what he has done. There was a 2013 documentary called Lost for Life. And in it, he said he owed Casey, God, he owed Cassie Jo Stoddart a tremendous debt and had to tell the entire truth. And so he, uh, as he spent more time in prison, has kind of accepted that he did this horrible thing and has started to tell the truth and is like no longer just blaming Tori. However, Tori still maintains his individual innocence. So he is saying he is still just guilty by association, refuses to take any accountability for the murder that he took part in, and his parents are doing the same thing. Tori's a dick. Yeah, so Tori is an absolute asshole. (laughs) As of September 2022, they're both still serving their sentences in the same Idaho correctional facility. Do you think they see each other? I don't know. Hang out, I was have lunch that. together. I not even like, <laughs> like hey, friends, hey, got, that was a bad oh. idea we had, Brian. Yeah, Tori, that was a bad idea. I was, I was thinking more of a rivalry since Tori won't admit it. Like they're across. Oh, that's true. They're they, across they, they, the lunchroom from each, on each other. other. Yeah, this is a prison show in the making. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> the funny. the crazy adventures of Tori and Brian. Yeah, sounds great. Yeah, Tori and Brian go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was a good story, Hannah. Very good. All right. That was a really good story. I would like to say that your supporting characters around you in this room did not necessarily live up to your awesomeness. The the supporting (laughs) cast won't be being nominated for. I'm basically saying that me and Jess were really 
off rails today. No, you guys are great. You're welcome. I'm off rails. <laughs> I am gonna have the time. I'm gonna have a hard time picking a cold open. Let's oh, just there's say a lot that. in there. <laughs> uh, a, I mean, it's a pretty I, fun. I'm, I'm sorry. I, yeah, <laughs> it's been a really fun. I'm episode thinking it's to gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> Let's rewind. I still don't know why my (laughs) rewinding noises would have to happen in reverse. Like so funny. (laughs) I don't know, Um, man. Well, do we want to move on then to happy thoughts? (laughs) Things that don't suck. Things that don't suck. I mean, wait, what? Do we want to move on to? Things that don't suck. (laughs) That's what I was just talking about. All right. Well. So who wants, who has a thing that doesn't suck? Who wants to go I'll first? I'll go. Good. Yay. My thing that doesn't suck is thanks to Evie having an endoscopy, we finally hit our deductible. Yay. Get all Get the shit. all of the things I between yes. now and January. Well, I'm, I'm actually a little lucky in that regard because for some reason I have no idea why our fiscal year runs the way it does, but our insurance actually goes from May 1st to April 30th. So now I have to get all this shit done before April 30th. Yeah, like over six months. Nice. That's great. Do every single time. I mean, that also means you spend a lot of... (laughs) That also means you spend a lot of fucking money. I mean, that's representative of... Like, representative... That's the right word of... Whatever of my, how much you've spent yeah. already, it was that uh, twenty six hundred dollar endoscopy bill that really just oh damn, and that doesn't even count the doctor bill yet. So, um, so yay, that's my good news, yay! and I'm I'm never doing the high deductible plan again. No, <laughs> fuck the HSA. I, it's at zero now anyway because of this bullshit. Yeah, yeah. I'll go next. All right. So yesterday we went on a hike to Lake Hayaha. Have any of you Ooh. heard of Lake Hayaha? No. No. Even in the recent news? No. So back in late June, early July or something, <laughs> there was... A, <laughs> I know this is great. This is like my talk show. I'm enjoying it. You're my audience. Um, <laughs> there was a big old rock slide in Rocky Mountain National Park. Like huge. Like you should watch the video. It's oh. insane. Like the whole mountain is like moving and falling down. <gasps> crazy. Crazy. All of this rock like came in, uh, down and settled and a bunch of it ended up settling in Lake Hayaha, which made the lake like this insanely vibrant aquamarine teal color Ooh. from all of the silt from the minerals that oh. trickled down. And so Matt has really been wanting to get up there to see it. And so we went on a big old adventure yesterday, which I don't know if y'all go to Rocky Mountain National Park very often, but you have to get in at the right time and then Bear Lake parking lot is a whole dramatic thing and you can't park there so you have to park in the shuttle lot but then they close the road at some point and have you done that before have you no what part of rocky mountain national park this is on the estes park side like okay. right on the that south so corner. like hanging you're hanging like you're not actually. hanging like near um never mind i can't remember the road that george likes to take there's a whole big long trail, trail ridge road yes you trail enter ridge in road. on in the main entrance and if you keep going you go up trail ridge but this area is, is if you enter in from estes you quickly turn south and then you go down bear lake road which is a hugely congested area like we're always trying to warn people about it when they're coming to town you have to either get in hella early or you have to do the shuttle lot but at some point even the shuttle lot fills up and you they close the road so anyway we thought it wouldn't be that bad this is a long story for not much payoff, but we thought it wouldn't be that bad, And but we got in right before the road closed. It was this whole crazy adventure. We didn't think we were going to get it. We found the last parking spot, but then we went up there, and it was insane. Like It was like you were in some like weird... Like We actually thought that other people's pictures had been like modified, but it was like this beautifully vibrant teal color in the lake. It was crazy. So then we went bouldering to try and get up there and we went crawling around trees so Dave could get a really good picture and it was really, really pretty. Oh, that is really cool. I think my, my coworker just went there. Everyone is going there. Yeah. Like literally everyone in the state was on this trail at the exact same time yesterday. I must have missed you all because everyone was freaking there. She's not I from have... Colorado too. She's from Washington State. And so she had never been to Rocky Mountain National Park. And I think yeah. she went and she said she experienced a tiny little rock slide and it scared the shit out of her. Oh, and really? She thought she was going to die. <laughs> no, this was a big ass one. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, there were so many tourists up there, but there were also local people. Like some people didn't know about how pretty the lake was. And a bunch of people were there because they knew there's this phenomenon that like you don't get to see very often yeah like old pictures of the lake from just like a year ago are just like oh that's beautiful because it's rocky mountain national park 
but then it's just totally different. We don't get those types of colors here in yeah. Colorado, and it was insane. I'll show y'all pictures when we're done. Yeah, cool. All right, well, who wants to go next? You, Hannah? Um, I'll go. My thing that doesn't suck is that I didn't work yesterday, so that was really nice. Yeah. Um, but that meant that Friday night I could just, like, hang out and drink at home. And so I ended up sitting out in the garage with James's mom and James's brother from, like, six o'clock in the afternoon until like 10 o'clock at night and we were just like drinking and having fun and it was just a lot of fun oh, nice. <laughs> it's cool that's yeah if just a lazy friday night having yeah. some drinks with the fam that's nice that's i like that and it just made me Way really better thankful than that my friday night i live with brigitte because mm. she's great and i love her oh that's awesome brigitte yeah. is pretty awesome so my thing that doesn't suck is that I had a birthday recently and Yay! I got people coming over to Woo! celebrate me. If you didn't say something about it being your birthday for your thing that doesn't suck, I was going to do it. Because I feel like <laughs> everyone needs to say happy birthday, happy Stella! birthday, happy birthday, Yay! mommy. Yeah, it's great. I'm 47. It's awesome. My yeah. mommy had a birthday. Mm, 47. Mm. Mm, I'm leaning into that. Mm, mm. Almost 50. But you, you should stop making that mm. sound, though. <laughs> you're still, you're still like 10 years younger than all of my friends' parents. It doesn't matter. So. I'm still old. <laughs> but we're going to celebrate. It's okay. Yay. Yeah, no, it's fun. I'm going to have fun. And then also another thing is that I bought some spiders for Halloween decorations, and I really like them. I think they're cute. They're cool. so cool. I like them. Hannah's naming them all. And a giant I've spider web Johnson. that I could dress up is as a spider a and sit in my spider <gasps> web. It's so fucking big. I mean, literally. I, it, I will show you pictures. Can you do that? I do you want Can, me to? Yes. Yes. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. If a listener asks me to, I will. And, and we'll pictures. take pictures. Yes. We'll do like a, a photography It'll, shoot of Salem and her wedding. And we'll, <laughs> as in a sexy spider outfit. <laughs> uh, we didn't say sexy, but if well, Salem wants to take it there, yeah. we'll, we'll give you the NFT for do. it, too. <laughs> yes, we'll give you yes, the NFT. Somebody might win the NFT. <laughs> and just disclaimer, Salem's idea of sexy might be different than others. <laughs> that so is true. That's way true. That is true. <laughs> All okay, right, bye, I'm little shemmies. Saying goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. The t in little shemmies. Does that make it lame? L little shemmies. Little shemmies. Bye, little shemmies. But when you do that, <laughs> but when you do that, you sound like you're trying too hard to say little. little.